very, very short here. Hey, uh, why don't you stay standing? Uh, Wakash, is there anything you don't do? What? I see, this guy's doing everything. He doesn't, no, okay. When, let's not talk about the things that Wakash doesn't do, okay? But you're, you're amazing. Wakash, keep playing, keep playing, okay. Just while we're standing, because there is a time constraint this morning, I'm going to get straight into it. So before I do, let me just, a little bit about me. I'm I'm a nice person. Um, I love Jesus. And I'm so glad that we're all here this morning in a new place and space. So uh, let's pray. Thank you, God. God, I thank you that you're here. Our Father, we just just choose to quiet the, uh, the urgency in our lives. We choose to quiet the things that are rushing in to be in the priority space this morning. And we choose, God, to put you there. Father, we want to encounter you this morning. God, we want to encounter your love. We want to be strengthened by you. We want to be encouraged by you and changed by you this morning. So God, we make ourselves available. We make our successes available to you. We make our failures available to you. We make our wounds available to you this morning because we didn't come, Lord God, to just sit in a school hall. We came to encounter the Almighty God. So we come before for you this morning and say, move us, change us, shift us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you can take a seat. Thanks, Wakash. You're so good at it, man. You're just so good. Give Wakash a hand. Come on. So, uh, look, it's, it's, it's amazing to be here. And it's, uh, it's, even, it's even cooler to be here on your first Sunday in Wellington High. This is an exciting time. Uh, And trust me, it is very exciting. And God's got great things in store for you. Um, I can feel it. I know it. And I'm so excited to get to be a part of it this morning. Uh, Now, one of the things that... um, uh, that, as Pastor Jordan said, that uh, I, I do is we, we, we do the Revolution Tour. And uh, something exciting that happened in the last month is that we got to take the Revolution Tour over to the United States. So uh, I know, like, wow, like little old New Zealand. And um, what happened was uh, Pastor Jurgen Matisius from C3 in San Diego, he came and he was a guest speaker at Acts Conference. Uh, which is at the, the, the conference of our national body here. And uh, he heard about Revolution Tour and he says, you should get Revolution Tour to come to, to us. We, we need something like that. So of course, what does Pastor Sam say? Uh, okay, sure, let's do it. Uh, so uh, about two or three weeks ago, myself and Bola uh, Fakalada, uh, who some of you might know, but it's just fun to say his name. Uh, <laughs> we, we went and did the revolution to Mbola, brought his wife, Courtney. And uh, I, would, I just wanted to show you the highlights video. Is that cool? Yeah, it's really exciting. So do we have that video ready? Yes, there's, there's a nod. There's, okay, turn the music up too, because it's Justin Bieber. I promise we did more than put up a banner. And from the top, come on. 
if we don't have sound, we'll just get Wakash to come and play again. It's, it's fine. <laughs> That's Bowler. That's me. Those are real Americans. Yeah, those are real American cheerleaders. That's the like deputy principal of the school. That's the real whip at Nene. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Are we are we gonna Yay? Yeah, I'll tell you about it anyway. Okay, uh, so, hey guys, can you, uh, not, don't put it on the screen now, but can you just, uh, if it loads to 53 seconds and just put a pause on it, nice. Okay, so San Diego was amazing. Uh, we went over there and uh, when, we, when we first went over there, they, they, they had four schools booked in four days. You gotta understand for the, for the Revolution Tour, that's something like a holiday. Uh, to do one school every day is a, is a huge holiday. We're used to doing four schools at least a day. And so uh, we went there and we just started sharing our heart. What, what, we were, what we were sharing with the guys that were there is we were just sharing stories from equippers. We were sharing your stories. We were sharing who you are, who we are. We were just telling them, man, this is what we do. And we're talking about Pastor Jordan and how awesome and how crazy he is. And we're talking about how things got started and how things have grown. And as we were sitting there over a meal sharing, we, uh, you could see their hearts just like, oh man, this is awesome. This is crazy. So after just having four schools booked, by the end of the week, and there were only, it was only a four-day school week, uh, we had been to 10 assemblies and done 18 performances, uh, which that's a, that's a huge feat. Uh, and it was just Bowler and I that were one team. And it was so, so massive that by the last day, they had, in true revolution style, had overbooked us. And so in the end, Bowler and I, at about midnight the previous night, had to split up and, and re just make up our own school programs for the next day. So the next day, Bowler did five school programs in one school, and I did four in two schools. So it was this amazing move and this amazing shift of God it was so cool, but the, the thing that Bowler and I were just so excited about was it was just us. It was us doing our thing. And at the same time, we realized, man, we really are a part of a movement that moves, that we are with a God that shifts. So if you are uncomfortable this morning, get used to it. Because we're with, we walk with a God that moves and expands and shifts all the time. And it is uncomfortable. And it is, oh, it gets so tiring. And do we have that still shot, second 53? Do we, 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 we don't have it. Oh, no, 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 just 53. 53 seconds, yeah. If we don't, that's fine. We do. It's a, it's a black screen and a moving arrow. I love that. That's me. How cool do I look? Right? I'm standing there. How cool am I? What you've got to understand is that in this shot, it's so awesome because it's a panning shot. And it's just panning of me standing there on the school stage with my, you know, fake aviators on. 
and the, and the sun is shining, and I'm just like, I'm so cool. What you don't understand is that that was probably the worst day of the week. Um, that day was, it was about 33 degrees. Uh, it was really, really humid. Uh, jet lag kind of kicked in for Bowler and I. Both of us had near migraines. And at that point, that's not me trying to look cool. That's me trying to steady myself because I'm about to faint or vomit or do both. So I'm, st- <laughs> I'm standing there like, <laughs> and the whole lunchtime program, I am whispering to Bowler as we're shouting at kids and running dance competitions. I'm walking past Bowler. I'm going to throw up. Okay, what are we doing? It was, it was so crazy. And see this, see this awesome shot of me. I feel like that sometimes that's a picture of life for us, right? <laughs> like we just kind of go through life. Everyone thinks we're all good. <laughs> In fact, everyone thinks we're better than good. Everyone thinks we have got it all sorted. And sometimes we even do things to make it look like we are. (laughs) But actually, we're just so close to falling apart. We're so close to just, uh, this is all about to fall apart. I cannot keep it all together anymore. Please take that shot down. Now, it's just, now you'll see this highlights video in a new light. Uh, and we, we, we're just so close to having it all fall apart, but we just try our best to hold it all together. Now, this morning as we, uh, this morning and in this season that, that you are in for Equippers Wellington, uh, there will be times that you will feel like things are falling apart, but I want to encourage your heart this morning. Uh, this is what I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, that it's okay because you're in a good space. And the, 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 it's just the feeling of stretch. That, that, that picture was just because I'd never been in that environment before. I'd never done those things before. I'd never been to an American high school. And uh, that high school was particularly crazy. That was the hardest lunchtime program I have ever done. That school was a school of thousands. And in that lunchtime space, there was probably a, about 100 kids there. At the end of that lunchtime program, there was a a teacher who was watching, and she came up to us and she says, please, I have a class on right now. Can you just come and talk to our students for 45 minutes? So Bowler and I were like, yeah, okay, I suppose we got time. We didn't have time, but in the revolution, you never say no. So we went and we start talking to this class, and the teacher says this, you don't understand what's happened today. We've had so many people come in and run lunchtime concerts in that quad, and no one comes. Not only that, she says this school has an issue with unity. Uh, kids just don't come in and support each other or anything that happens in this school. Everyone is so heavily into their cliques and into their spaces that it's such an exclusive place here. What happened today, I've never seen it happen in our school before. You guys really are something like a revolution. So she was like, please come and just talk to our kids about how we can do that more in our school. And so, as, as you can tell, that, that <laughs> we were being stretched so much that week. However, it was purely because God was moving. God was shifting. And if, look, if you've you got to understand that normally what I would do is just, I'd just be like, okay, I'm just going to take a back. I just, I need to rest. I need to just take a breath. 
it's just it's too much. And it's okay, I, I'll just let someone else do it. And sometimes we can do that. I'm going to get there. And your Bible's turned to 1 Samuel 30. And, and what we can do is what, what can kick in in our minds is what we think we should do when it actually isn't what we should do. Okay, so turn to 1 Samuel 30. And we have our great friend David, okay? We know David, yes. King David, David and Goliath, great guy. Awesome. Where we, where we find ourselves in First. Uh, 1 Samuel 30 is, uh, is the story um, of where David destroys the Amalekites. Now, I'm going to go back a few chapters to 1 Samuel 27 and uh, check this out. David's been chased by Saul. Saul is going to, Saul wants to kill David. Here we go. 1 Samuel 27 verse 1. This is fantastic. David says, uh, that says this, but David kept thinking to himself, someday... Saul is going to get me. The best thing I can do is escape to the Philistines. Does anyone else think that's stupid? Here is David. You know the Philistines? You know, like the enemy of the Israelites? You know Philistines, like Goliath? That's where Goliath, like the, Phil- the enemy So David's hanging about, and his life is in danger, and he's trying to step into this place because he's been anointed as king, but the current king is chasing after him, and he says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to escape to the Philistines. That's a great idea. This is the reason why you shouldn't talk to yourself too much. Right? Because sometimes our ideas are really bad. (laughs) Sometimes the way that we talk to ourselves is not safe. Sometimes the way we talk to ourselves actually convinces ourselves that we should walk into a place of enemy territory. And it's super dangerous. So it's also why the Bible says, you know, God's thoughts are higher than ours. We should think God's thoughts. So David kept thinking to himself, I'm going to escape to the Philistines. So he does. So David escapes to the Philistines. And what he does is he says, um, me and the, 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 the army that's with me, we're going to uh, fight on the Philistine side. So he says, we're, gonna, we're totally on your side, Philistines. We're totally with you guys because Saul's going to kill us. It just will be better for us if we fight on your side. So every day, catch this, every day David would go out with his army and he would go and fight these battles. And what he would do is he would actually fight uh, like the Amalekites or the the, um, other enemy people. But when he would come back, he would say to them, oh, yeah, man, we fought a big battle today and uh, we killed uh, this village in the south of Judah. So what effectively he was doing was just he was just lying to kind of save his life. But can can you see how kind of messed up this is getting? It's getting pretty messed up. Because David is actually doing the work of the Lord. He's actually killing the enemy, but he's doing it while he's in the enemy's camp. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy how we can be doing the work of the Lord 
and striving and struggling and doing all this stuff. But meanwhile, our feet are just hanging out with the Philistines. And we wonder where our battle is at. Here's the question I'm asking when I read this story. Why on earth did David run to fight with the Philistines? Probably because he'd won that battle before. Probably because he faced Goliath and he thought, oh man, this, is, this current space is too hard for me. So I'm going to run to a battle that I know is familiar and I know I can fight. But actually, it was not at all the battle he was fighting. And so for me, this is the way it's kind of been for me in the last month or so. When I've been fighting and I've been struggling, if you know my story, my story is one where most of the time if I come up against a struggle, uh, I will be thinking, man, where is this coming from? Why am I thinking like this? Why am I doing this? And most of the time I will, I will, try, I will track it back to, to something about the relationship between myself and my dad. And as I was reading this and going through this, man, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you've done that, Esther. That's a battle that is won. You know how to do that. You are not insecure about that anymore. What are you doing? And I thought, far out. This is where the struggle is coming from. I'm freaking out because I'm in a new space, a new place. There's new things going on and I don't know what to do. So I just run to a battle that's familiar. And then I I struggle some more because I'm not actually taking any ground. I struggle some more because I'm not actually moving forward. I'm just convincing myself that I am. I'm just pretending that I am. I've just got my aviators on and my Revolution Tour t-shirt on, and I'm just standing there pretending that I am. But I am not. So the question this morning, as we move into a new space, We cannot have our feet in the old one. As we move into this new place and space, I know it's hard. I know it's less comfortable. I I, I know you got to get up earlier, etc. But as we move into this new space, we cannot have our feet in the mindset of yesterday. We cannot have our feet in the battles of yesterday. That battlefield has been conquered and won. That's why God's moved us here. And we've got to understand that as we walk with God and as we walk together, it's not so much about battling our past. It's more about fighting for our future. That is what it is more, uh, that's what it's about. Is this okay? Yeah, good. Uh, Cool. So uh, Psalms 92 says this uh, in verse 12, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. So here's the thing. I love that verse because it just says this. If you're standing in the wrong place, it's fine, just move, (laughs) right? If you realize, oh my goodness, I'm actually standing in yesterday. It's cool, just pick up your feet and move. 
It's fine. It's fine. It's, I, I do it all the time. And I'm, oh man, God, forgive me. I was in yesterday. God, I'm shifting my thoughts to today. I'm shifting my thoughts into today. God, I'm seeing who you've called me to be. And I'm pushing forward into that God. And it doesn't have to be a big deal, but what can happen is we can be so stuck in our yesterday and our, in our comfort battle that we think, oh, I've, just, I've just got to keep winning this. It's already won in Jesus' name. It's already won. You've already battled it. Okay. So in Jesus' name, we can be transplanted. And that in and of itself is a, is a, is a process of discipleship and walking with God that, uh, that, that is a journey, okay? So, you know, walk with God on that one. So number one, the first question I wanna ask you today is just where are your feet standing? Come on, we've gotta look at where our feet are standing. We've gotta look at where it is. Is it in yesterday? Is it in the insecurity? Right? It's just um, funny because you see, you see it happen all the time. Um, and um, um, Patsy doesn't do this, but some worship leaders do, where they will come up and worship lead, but there's so much insecurity going on because there's so many eyes looking that it just doesn't go anywhere. That worship just doesn't go anywhere. And so you just got to look down, are my feet in insecurity? If they are, God, I'm moving my feet to the confidence of Christ. I'm moving myself to the righteousness of Christ in Jesus' name. Cool. So as uh, 1 Samuel 30, as we uh, move forward, David's, David's doing this. He's going out and he's battling. And then it says this in verse 1, three days later, David and his men arrived home to the town of Ziklag, and they found that the Amalekites had raided them. They crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground and carried off the women and children um, and everyone else, but, but without killing them. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Ahinoam, from Jezreel and Abigail were among those captured. David was now in great danger <clears throat> because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters and they began to talk of stoning him. Okay, so pretty much David is in trouble. David's gone out and he's been fighting and then he comes back home to Ziklag, him and all of his men. When he comes home, the whole place has been raided. His wives are gone. I don't, I, he should, two wives, I don't know, okay? Jordan will talk to you about that later. His, 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 his loved ones, those dearest to him, they have been kidnapped. Everything is destroyed. This on top of the fact that David is running away to try and save his life. On top of the fact that every day he's been battling, 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 and then he comes home and everything has been taken from him. On top of that, all of the men that are around David are saying, this is your fault. I am, we are going to kill you. This is your fault. David's not in a great place. David, this is, this is not a fantastic place for David. And then it says this at the end of verse six, but David found strength in the Lord his God. And he said to Abiathar the priest, bring me the ephod. 
Then David asked the Lord. Okay, so here's the thing. I was just, just reading up on this. And commentaries say that everyone that was with David had been with David through every battle. And so when they came back to Ziklag, no one was there because everyone that was there got kidnapped. And so everyone that came into Ziklag was with David battling the whole time. But then this says, the Bible says, that David turns to the priest with the ephod, which pretty much represents a connection to God, and says, bring me the ephod. So commentary says that priest, the availability to ask God, the access to God had been with David the whole time. Through every battle, David was doing this for a year and four months. And the whole time, access to the God of breakthrough was there. The whole time, refuge was there. The whole time, blessing, abundance was there. The whole time. (laughs) And then David says, oh, okay, things have got pretty bad. I think the way that I've been doing things probably isn't good. Um, I know that God has been here the whole time. I've just been saying, oh, let's just do it my way, God, because this is a really good way. Remember the battle? Remember the battle that I fought and you taught me to do this and that worked for that time. So we're just gonna do it now. God, are you cool with this? I'm not even gonna listen, let's do it. And then finally, David says, oh, maybe I should ask God what God wants to do. Does does this sound familiar to anyone? (laughs) This, this, I hope, is an encouraging word for right now. Right now, the best thing you can do is ask God what you should do. When you're in this new place, a new space, and you're all moving together at a new level, ask God. All bets are off. Don't what yesterday was fantastic and we're so thankful for it. We're so thankful that for what God did then, but we are in the now. We gotta ask God. We've got to turn to God. This is a new battle. This is a new time. This is a new promise. Come on. We cannot just be resting on those things. It is dangerous too. So this question number two is: come on, who are you with? Who's with you? When you look around in the new place and space, you've got to understand who is with you and most importantly know that God is. Most importantly, that access to God is. Is this okay? Fantastic. Uh, We're going to carry on. Oh, yes. Oh, Pastor Jordan, I'm so on time. This is amazing. Uh, So what happened was David asks God and God says, yes, Go after the Amalekites. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his 600 men set out. They came to the, to the brook Besor, but 200 men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David consent, continued the pursuit with 400 men. I like David. There's 600 of them. And they're going for it. They're already tired. They're going for it to recover because God said go. 200 annoying, lazy people were like, oh, I'm just too tired. I just, I'm too tired. And what does David say? Oh, that's fine. Have a rest then. The rest of us, we'll go for it. 
I love that. If you're here and you're too tired and you just, you're, you're like me, you're just pretending, all you got to do is just say, I'm just a little bit tired. <laughs> just have a little bit tired. And I guarantee you, someone will just say, that's cool. You just sit here by the river, just chill. We'll go after it and come back and get you. That's fine. I love that, David. It takes a confident person to do that. And for some of you, you want to push forward into the promises of God, but you're like, oh man, but I want to take all these. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about it. Your, your main concern is not having all of these people follow you through. Your main concern is God said, go. So just go and tell, I love you. I'll be back. <laughs> I love you. I'll be back. All good. In this new place and space, come on. I know you might be looking around this morning thinking, should there be more people here? Maybe. I don't know. And you might be brokenhearted. It's okay. It's okay. Go for it. Go for what God said. Go. And just say, just, just take a rest. I'll be back for you. So uh, I, I love that because it also indicates that the most important thing that David needed to know was that God was with him. Okay. And then uh, last thing, a wakash, come on up. Because if you're playing, I know I need to finish. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Okay, so uh, David continued the pursuit with 400 men. Along the way, they found an Egyptian man in a field and brought him to David. Check this out. They gave him some bread to eat and water to drink. They also gave him part of a fig cake and two clusters of raisins. For he hadn't had anything to eat or drink for three days and nights. And before long, his strength had returned. To whom do you belong and where do you come from, David asked. I'm Egypt I am an Egyptian. Check this out. A slave of the Amalekites. Remember that David is there. Remember all that David has been through. Remember all the battles that David has fought. Remember how David must feel that the person that he had been in service to was now the one who was trying to kill him. Remember that he had been fighting these battles just to stay alive. Remember, he's just been extremely humbled because he's just realized for a year and four months of his life, he was going at it by himself and he totally forgot that God was with him. Remember that he's just remembered that. So he's already feeling super humbled. And then he comes across this slave of the Amalekite, this person who represented the fact that everything from him and close to him had been taken from him. I don't know about you, but if that was me and I came across my enemy, the person who hurt my family, the person who took everything away from me, the last thing I'm gonna do is take care of them. The last thing I'm gonna do is give them food and water and wait for them to regain their strength. The first thing I'm gonna do is ax them. The first thing I'm going to do is destroy them completely for even thinking about coming and taking from me my inheritance. 
But what I love about David is there's this incredible shift in thinking and strategy. He's gone from fighting these massive battles and he's just faced with one. So what is he going to do? He says, I'll feed you. I'll take care of you. All you got to do is tell me where the real enemy's at. If you do that, and the, the, the Egyptian slave says, I, I'll do that. You just got to make sure I stay alive. And David says, sweet, done. And David and his men, on the, on the advice of this Egyptian slave, they go and they find the Amalekites and they destroy them completely. And everything that was taken from them is returned. What I love about David was there was, an, there was, a, there was a shift in, in the way that he went forward in action. It wasn't haphazard. It was strategic. It was very well thought through. It wasn't just, I'm gonna just try and do something. But I, I, I really believe in this new space that you are in, that God is going to give you strategic things to do. Not more action, just strategic action. Not more things that you have to add to your life, but just very strategic things that God will say, in order to unlock this in your family, all you need to do is this, but it will require something from you. It will require like what David probably had to do. It will require probably you looking at your enemy's face and saying, I forgive you. It will probably require you looking at the offense and saying, I release you. Probably looking at your greatest fear and say, I'm not afraid of you anymore. But when that happens, there, there is an incredible return on your part. There is an incredible recovery on your part in Jesus' name. And if you're anything like me when you're in a new place and space, I just want to do everything, everything possible to just make it work. And I think that's the temptation. I just want to do everything because I can do everything. But I really believe that in this season for you anyway, that God's just gonna give you very strategic things when it comes to your family, very strategic ways forward when it comes to your workplace or to the, the, the things that you've been dealing with in Jesus' name. And if you're wondering why God might have put the enemy or the hurt or the pain right in front of you, perhaps it is the amazing character of God that He might take what was meant for evil and turn it into something very, very good. Perhaps if you're in a place where you're like, I'm going after the promise of God, but right now I'm confronted 
by this enemy. I'm confronted by this reminder of my past or I'm confronted by my current lack. I'm confronted by the things that I continue to do wrong. Perhaps, perhaps it's a very, very good God who would make you aware of it so that you might give him the ability to turn it around and use it for your good. So in Jesus' name, you don't need to be afraid. In Jesus' name, while the enemy is in front of you, take courage. In Jesus' name, while it is so very, very hard, in Jesus' name, understand God is doing something awesome right now. Trust that God is turning things around. Trust that it's just around the corner. Trust you're almost there. The recovery is there in Jesus' name. I know, I can feel it. I know you've lost a lot. I know it feels like you might have lost a lot, but the recovery is coming. In Jesus' name, and that fear was not, is not being, you're not being made aware of the fear or the insecurity or the, the, or, or the bigness of the situation to destroy you or to make you feel like you're a bad Christian. But you're being made aware of it so you might see the glory of God as He turns it around. In Jesus' name. I just want to pray for you this morning if you would stand to your feet. Come on, if, if you're, you're, you're here this morning and you know that this turnaround is for you, that this recovery is for you, but you are currently being faced by, 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 by an enemy. I don't know what the enemy is. You do. Whether it is the insecurity, whether it is the, 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 the overwhelming situation in front of you, we're going to lift up some worship now. We're gonna lift up the name of God now. And what I want you to do is shift your focus from the enemy. Shift your focus from the overwhelming situation. Shift your focus from that place and set your sight on God in Jesus' name. So as the team worship, come on, why don't you just connect in with God now? Why don't you, uh, just even in this place, just close your eyes and lift your hands and say, God, I don't know what's going on. I've been doing things my own way, but right now I'm looking to you, God. I'm asking you, God, what do I do?